Hey, everybody. It's Greg McVicker, creator of Undercurrents. Glad you're listening. This is KBOO 90.7, Portland. Tune in to KBOO every fourth Friday of the month at 8 p.m. for Squirrel Snow, the show where we broadcast galactic awareness, animal awareness, where we have fascinating conversations with movers and shakers in the fields of galactic awareness and animal awareness and we play music that can raise our frequency of consciousness yeah that is squirrel snow every fourth friday of the month at 8 p.m here on your community radio station kboo portland The following program is a rebroadcast. Dates, times, and events mentioned in the following program have already occurred. Thank you for tuning in to KBOO Portland. You are listening to a digital indigenous radio show. All across Turtle Island, turn up your radios and decolonize. This is Rose City Native Radio. Can you tell us an Indian first? Hello, hello, Indian Country. How you doing? You're listening to Rose City Native Radio. I'm your host, Jack Malstrom. In studio, we got Nick Yellowhorse as well. And maybe a special guest joining us. Who knows? We like to keep you on your toes. What should we start off the show with? We got music, poetry, comedy, all kind of stuff and more for you today on this show. Starting off the show... This is Mob Bounce. That's right, Mob Bounce, our cousins from the Great White North with oral tradition here on Rose City Native Radio. Tell me a story about the good old days. 
right there let's go check that store out it's got some native designs on it yeah 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 let's go see if there's any indians in there <laughs> right Attention, we have a red light special. Our culture is now for sale. We have a two for one special. Two tribal cultures for the price of one. Attention, attention, a red light special. Two tribes cultures for the price of one. Thank you. Do it 
That was Red Star with Sage and Eagle Feathers. And before that, Mob Bounce with Oral Tradition. Coming up next, this is Frank Wallen with White War here on Rose City Native Radio. We have never really seen the war go away. I mean, if you're dying, if you're dying from the 7th Cavalry's bullets, or if you're dying from induced poverty and racism, class systems and sex systems, all right, and, and you're dying from alcoholism and poverty, all right, or someone has come in now in the name of maximizing their profit, and they're getting you to work in the mines, the uranium mines, and you're dying from lung cancer, and you're dying from the cancers and the diseases that come out of that. You're dying. It's the same as the bullet killing you, and I, that's, I see it all as a war. Songs that my people sing Make me feel like I ain't gotta worry about a thing The balance swings, everyone treated like a king Remember Mother Earth and the teachings that she brings Rewind back, you'll find that it's all related Hit reminds that with purpose we're all created But that's debated, distorted by those who hate it On our beliefs, cause we believed all things were sacred The long-awaited, seven generation fills The pain, uranium drained from our black hills Let it rain, Genocide won't pay the bills I feel the shame, suicidal thoughts give me chills I can't escape it, warming up with the smallpox blanket While well, I see my mother get abused, I'm accused of a rebel Cause I don't dance with the devil I got these reservation blues I bet their hearts drop when they hear these drums And hear our songs now Tired of being oppressed, we stand strong now Can't whitewash me in this white war You can't speak about You don't fight for Psychotic mud arose from Rosebud, who rose from haunted clubs. Hooked on phonics, beating on my sonic drum. Addicted to my demons and my melancholic drugs. Self hate on my sleeve, self destruction on my mind. Alone in this house I built with my beats constructed rhymes. I'm not allowed to leave until I deconstruct my mind. Historical trauma got my spirit stuck in time. Manifest destiny arrested all that is left for me. I used to be free in this land, but now I'm a refugee. In the name of progress, president, order the death. Shout out the code of 38, I pray that you're blessing me Resistance is natural, ancestral energy Silence and survival, decolonized memories Apologies will never make amends for your colonies America, you will give us our sovereignty I hearts rock when they hear these drums And hear our songs now Tired of being oppressed, we standing strong now Can't whitewash me in this white war You can't speak about people you don't fight for Speak about people you don't fight for. get at the essence of our spirit, the mining of the essence, the mining of the spirit, mining our minds, the pollution from that is all of the neurotic, distorted, insecure behavior patterns that we develop. That's the pollution. But it's a disease. It lives and travels through the mind, through the generations. Like a bad dream The river is not 
would have claimed her a choice had been made there to look the other way now the times are molded us trying to hide what's in Wolf Saga with Stolen, a song dedicated to the missing and murdered Indigenous women in both Canada and the United States, and before that, Frank Wallen with White War. Coming up next, this is Rodrigo E. Gabriela with Tumacun here on Rose City Native Radio, your place, your one-stop shop for Indigenous content. Thank you. 
contact, urban conflict. I'm a disaster, fight for clean water. Now this is a battle rapper, red blood, red skin, highly forsaken. You talking, I walk, that's the difference. I put my people on my back, on my home nation, knowing they're the reason that I rap. <laughs> Tell me what you rapping for, if you ain't in it for change, then don't bring about the score. Ain't no reason for you to ever go tour, if you rap for little B and talk the That was A Tribe Called Red, featuring Helen Back with People's Champ. And before that, Rodrigo E. Gabriela with Tumacun. And uh, let's see. It's time for Teepee Talk. Hey, ya, Hoka. Hey, ya. Joining me in the studio, as always, is Nick Yellowhorse. How you doing, Nick? Hi there. I'm doing well. Hey there. Hi there. Ho there. Thank you for joining us as usual. Happy to have you here. So on today's TP Talk. Speaking of a tribe called Red. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay, so this is something that we wanted to talk about two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. A while ago, ago yeah. And we weren't able to really talk about it. So this is something we did want to talk about. Um, So an article came out, um, and it was an interview with Angela Gladue, who is a um, a dancer with a tribe called Red, and she was explaining um, her situation. Uh, so she, how do I explain this? She was explaining something that happened to her when she was in Manitoba to perform at the Winnipeg Folk Festival at the beginning of July, and um, so. Nick, do you want to do you want to explain what happened? Sure. So she was outside trying to hail a cab and she was able to get a cab to stop and she hopped in and she wanted to go mm, four or five blocks down the street. And she told the man that um, she someone was after her that he was right behind her and she raced to get in that she didn't feel safe that she needed to leave the area immediately and in doing so the taxi cab driver demanded payment up front she mentions that this has happened before where she's paid taxi cab drivers up front but she's always been reluctant to and she was mentioning that after the taxi cab driver demanded payment up front she said basically I'm not safe my life is in danger you just need to take me somewhere that isn't here and the taxi cab driver still stood his ground and said I want prepayment she was getting really upset trying to explain the whole missing and, <laughs> missing and murdered indigenous women 
and how he's perpetuating this and that it this conversation took so long that the man was pacing outside of the door of the cab according to her she got so upset that she was able to swing her hand outside get a different cab right next to her she said she was so caught up in the moment so upset that she didn't check to see if the man was there or not or even still around but she hopped into the other cab and explained her situation said i just need to go four or five blocks down please take me and he too said the same thing where he wants prepayment beforehand um she's saying that he's explicitly said he was like give me ten dollars and so after kind of conversating with him he finally took her to her destination she paid ten dollars and she was on her way and she was very upset after all this this entire altercation and the article goes on about talking about that the taxi cab drivers do have the ability to ask for payment up front but i do want to point out that i read the bylaw a little bit and it said mandatory prepayment is authorized and this is 591-b and it says if the driver believes on reasonable grounds on the basis of past behavior that the passenger is unable or willing to pay the fare so basically a taxi cab driver can profile a rider according to their law and determine whether or not they think that they're not going to pay them and demand prepayment when if I were a driver and I was in that situation of having somebody frantically come to me saying my life is in danger I just need to go four blocks away from this other person in my mind and my moral grounds I would not question it and just go I mean you're going four blocks you're not going that far why do you feel that this person who feels they're in danger isn't going to pay money? And on top of that, if they're not going to pay it, you're just going to sit there and let this person stay in danger. And that's upsetting. And so this kind of highlights a problem that has consistently been, I mean, this has been happening in Canada. A lot of people see Canada as this like, America especially kind of fetishizes almost Canada as this like wonderful place with like, you know, um, healthcare and everyone apologizes constantly and Degrassi was there, you know, that's where Drake's from. Um, but the reality for indigenous people really is, is that even Canada isn't a safe place. Everyone's like, oh, I'm going to move to Canada because I don't like, you know, that Trump is president or blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, like Canada is not even safe for people like us. Um, and there is a lot of racism when it comes to indigenous peoples. So the second this indigenous woman who is obviously like scared for her life is in this cab, the first thing this dude demands is payment immediately. He doesn't care that she feels like she's in danger. He know in his mind, you know, he assumes, oh, indigenous people are going to rip me off or X, Y, and Z. He has these racist ideals of what indigenous people are and sees this indigenous woman. And so he's like, either you pay me up front or I'm not helping you. And he has the legal grounds to be able to do so. That's even more upsetting. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, I don't want to go as far as to say, like, it's no wonder there's this epidemic. But at the same time, it's this attitude of the Canadian people that helps perpetuate and continue this issue of the missing and murdered Indigenous woman in Canada. Keep in mind, though... Keep in mind that there is also an issue of missing and murdered indigenous women in the United States. We, um, you know, there have been murmurs about um, Olivia Lone Bear, which we will get to. We're going to wait out on that until the family makes a statement. But there was a recent update with that as well. We have our own missing and murdered indigenous women issues here in the America as well. But Canada has, you know, this huge thing that the government's been ignoring for centuries and um, only kicking and screaming will they actually acknowledge that this is an issue. But this is a thing of that the attitudes towards indigenous people up in Canada has been so toxic to the point that women can be in danger and nobody cares. Um, 
people can be actively asking for help and reaching out and in crisis and nobody cares. And that's terrifying. She could, this could have ended completely different for her. Um, if, if she hadn't acted accordingly. And that's a terrifying thought. Somebody, you know, somebody as, I mean, you know, quote unquote famous as a dancer for a tribe called Red. This is somebody who travels internationally and, you know, with this really well-known group. But even her, even, even well-known people are targets for this. And it's, and it's sad. It's sad and frustrating and angering as an indigenous woman. Like, I'm upset about it. Um, you know, like, I just, it just blows my mind that people... Um, that our lives are so disposable at this point. Any thoughts, Nick? I think you you said, like you usually do most of everything that I'm quite thinking. It, it, because she mentions in the article herself that um, that she felt disposable mm-hmm. and that... Um, she just didn't feel that this person didn't matter or care for her. And that is upsetting because that happens so much. And this is happening in Canada and it's happening in America and nobody's willing to talk about it. Nobody's willing to investigate it properly. Mm-hmm. And so many people will claim, oh, it's not my jurisdiction because you hear that so many times so many times tribal police or even local police will say it's not my jurisdiction it's not me to be able it's to look into this it's not my problem exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um we're going to play a quick clip here from a cbc interview with angela gladue the dancer and um so she's a she does a lot she does hoop dance fancy shawl like she does it all um, she's fascinating. You know, she's she's an amazing human being. Um, so this is an interview with her telling her story uh, to CBC. I was trying to walk home. I know I'm not far. I have no problem walking, but it's not safe for me to be out here. I tried to explain. I use this word now to just emphasize. Please give me a ride. I'm in need, like I'm in danger. My life is in danger. So I had to beg him and then I started crying. By this point, I was just in tears because I just felt humiliated. And so he finally let me in and drove me the four blocks and then I gave him $10. It's like, so humiliating. So that was Angela Gladue in an interview with CBC talking about her experience. And absolutely, you have to dehumanize yourself. You have to, um, you know, uh, what's your McCullough? You have to appeal to the morals of somebody who doesn't see you as a human being, which is terrifying. Um, So she had to beg and cry and plead for her life to this taxi driver over $10. Like, she only needed to go four blocks. Um... And so some people might ask, well, why didn't she just give them the $10 at that point? But really, it's more than that. Her life isn't just worth $10. Like, he should have recognized that this was an emergency. But with his attitude towards indigenous folks, he didn't see it as an emergency. He saw this as, oh, I might get ripped off. And maybe she's, you know, trying to pull a fast one over me. The instant distrust, instant disbelief over the fact that this woman is in danger, which is horrifying. And honestly, like, she can't even walk home four blocks. And to be real, even here in Portland, that's how it feels being a person of color. Uh, This Saturday, we're having a Nazi rally. Like, there are literal Nazis coming to Portland to rally in our city. Think about that. As a person of color, that's terrifying. It's scary to be outside. It's scary to take public transit. You know, um, a lot of folks have been people in our community right now. There is somebody who has been assaulted within our community from the Proud Boys group. This is happening and our lives are at risk. And when we have to beg and plead to appeal to people's morals that we are worthy of saving, that is a huge issue. That is not okay. Our lives should matter to somebody. 
We shouldn't have to beg and plead and show our worth through 10 bucks, over $10, over four blocks, over whatever. We do not need to justify our existence or why we should be in a safe environment, why we should be protected. It's disgusting. It's awful. Canada is not your safe haven for Indigenous folks. Overall, Canada is just as bad, if not sometimes worse, than the United States. Period. Listen to people of color. Listen to our experiences. This is happening right now. 2018. Um, it just infuriates me that this is a continuing thing. That people constantly need evidence for this. That people think that we are exaggerating when we are talking about these things. Because it's something that you heard in the history books. Because it's something that you heard about. Maybe in the south in the 60s. This is happening people. Listen to our voices acknowledge and respect that we have a right to live as well we don't need to justify it over four blocks and ten dollars really think about that really think about the fact that she was crying and terrified and he still had to think it over for ten bucks ten whole dollars So it just goes to show sometimes what um, what somebody's life is worth. You know, to some folks who do not value people who are different from them. And again, our city is about to be swarmed with people like that. Protect people of color. Stand up for people of color. Recognize your own privileges and use that as a shield to protect those of us who are being targeted. If we need to consistently prove our humanity to you, you are the problem. You are part of the problem. Assess yourself accordingly. Think about what your real values are. This is a problem and it needs to stop. Any thoughts, Nick? <laughs> that was pretty powerful. Um, no, I I just want to echo what you're saying. I mean, you have so many folks out there that have pri privilege of being able to walk in the streets, be who they want to be, live their lives, and never have to worry about, will I be assaulted today tomorrow next week next month just because of how i look and i understand there are those marginalized groups out there that experience this as well but on the higher level it's just because based off of your skin tone you're a target and that is a very upsetting thing to have to live with i know <laughs> i know recently i had an experience where i was speaking with a former friend and they were arguing the fact that race is an illusion to them or at least that's how they were brought up and they couldn't grasp that that is something they have the privilege to say and that that is something that will never ring true in this time as idealistic as you would want to be to believe race is an illusion it is a social construct I mean, I'm not going to argue that, but that is a utopian ideal that isn't going to be happening anytime soon. And we have to live in this world currently in 2018 where we have to face violence with violence sometimes. And it has taken us violence to get the rights that we have today. And I'm not talking about black people fighting white people and white people fighting black people. It was just the fact that there was violence that us as brown people in general as well it took us being in pain from violence for those who had privilege to quote unquote pity us to give us our privileges that we should have already had and that's the upsetting part and I, I want to say because I this it was only in June 2nd of 
1924 that Native Americans were granted citizenship. And to put that in perspective for everyone, that is only 10 years older than my grandfather. 10 years before my grandfather was born is when Native Americans were able to have citizenship. Think about that. We want to be able to live in a place where everybody is safe, no matter what their skin color is, income, or any of that. But the reality is, is that is not so. And it's going to be a long time until it is. So wanting to have that ideal, that forced utopian ideal, and plugging your ears and saying, I don't see color, that is violence against us. That is violence against people like me and Nick. That is violence against people of color. You cannot plug your ears and close your eyes and shake your head and pray that things will be in a utopia state because it's not. You need to look and stare into the harsh void of the reality. As emo as this sounds, everybody, this is the truth. If you want to show up for people of color, if you want to be an ally, if you want to see that utopia come true, you need to acknowledge that this violence is happening against us. And it is very real. It is very sad and very frustrating for us but it is very 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 real so you need to listen you need to listen and you need to show up we don't need you to tell us what we should be doing we need you to listen to us we know our oppression better than most better than anyone listen and show up that's the key with this In our next story, <laughs> um, there was an activist who, uh, I guess, did like a social yeah, like a social a social experiment. Um, so let me see here. I gotta pull it up real quick. Okay, so. So uh, this guy, Frederick Joseph, wore a shirt that was a, um, not a copy. What's the word am I looking for? A parody? Yes, thank you. A parody of the Washington R-Word um, football team's logo, but instead it was a white man and it said Caucasians. So this African-American activist, Frederick Joseph, wore this shirt around New York and live tweeted I think live tweeted um, all of the reactions he got as he was walking through hoping that someone would want to start a dialogue overall and um, instead people were you know extremely rude um, so let's see I'm trying to find some good reactions here So uh, an older white woman stopped him and asked, uh, so this is a quote here. So next was an older woman who stopped me and asked why I was wearing a disrespectful shirt. I asked her whether she would feel the same if it was the actual team apparel. She said no, because that is the logo. Um, you know, uh, people called him names. Um, people called him racist. <laughs> Sorry called him racist which is just hilarious to think about um somebody apparently thought it was the actual team logo yes. said go team or something yeah and he's like no look at my shirt he looked down and he's like oh wow you're a expletive yeah yeah <laughs> so um a lot of people are sharing this and it's interesting to see and of course um you know, Frederick Joseph has, in, in this article, also encourages people to wear these shirts and bring light to the hypocrisy of the Washington football team. Um, so this is an article that's been going around. And um, and it's great to see that uh, intersectionality, I guess. Yeah. See a non-native person standing up for this, which is rad. I'd also like to highlight, though, that our very own DJ Indian uh, started 
I don't want to say started, but was one of the early, and I definitely don't want to say pioneers. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, God. Um, was one of the early people who did something like this. So, uh, for those of you who may not be aware, back in like 2013, 2014, uh, DJ Indian wore a different version of the Caucasian shirt. So, that version he wore was a parody of the Chief Wahoo logo. And it said Caucasians, and it had a blonde-haired, blue-eyed dude who looked like, in the style of Chief Wahoo. And instead of a feather, it had a dollar sign in the back. It's a shirt I've been contemplating getting for, like, years since this has happened. Um, I love the shirt. It's great. And um, so when he was seen wearing this shirt, A Tribe Called Red was supposed to play at, um, oh, goodness. Let me see. Uh, at something called... Okay. At a, um, an Ottawa music festival called Westfest. So this is like all the way back in... Um, okay, so this is in 2014. Um, so back in 2014, this was happening. So DJ Indian wore the shirt in pictures and folks saw it and were like, A Tribe Called Red is racist. And so they were contacting Westfest organizers. They were emailing them and leaving voicemails, threatening and and being vocal about, oh, you can't let this racist band be there. So so people were complaining that, you know, he was wearing a racist T-shirt. Um, they're a divisive band just asking for trouble, especially since alcohol and other aggressive behavior inducing intoxicants will be consumed at the fest. That's a direct quote from um, an email that they received. And uh, Westfest stood behind a tribe called Red. They supported them and um, didn't back down, even though people were, you know, um, saying they were a racist band, they were divisive, they were this, they were that, calling them all sorts of things, calling Ian, uh, a.k.a. DJ Indian, um, all kinds of things. And also it uh, it got tangled up with this thing. So, um, so DJ Indian has always been vocal about native representation in media and mascots and so um dj indian filed a complaint with the uh ontario human rights tribunal uh in regards to a local football team called the uh nepean r word to change its names to the eagles uh so people were ragging on him for that and they were ragging on him for having the t-shirt saying he was hypocritical um this and that and so this has been an ongoing thing. The white tears have flowed over these t-shirts for many years now. This is nothing new. It's nice to see non-native folks um, getting involved with this, though. Uh, Nick, any thoughts? Uh, no, I just enjoyed how uh, he... the re- uh, What was his name again? Mr. Mr. Joseph, Frederick Joseph. Frederick Joseph. That's right. And how he um, he was just saying that he was basically being shamed as a black person for wearing a non-disrespectful shirt with a white person logo on it. But people wear apparel and jerseys with logos depicting natives and our word, whew, the hypocrisy and privilege. And he was talking how fickle that lady was and how racists are very hypocritical and it just reflects the whole there's been a lot of this lately I feel with the New York Times new editor gal and her exposing of racist tweets from the past talking about white people and that whole wonderfulness of that Uh, yet we literally have so many elected officials who are openly racist and we're okay with it i.e who was it the representative for kingman and the whole sasha cohen yeah that was a terrible time and he's an elected official and saying these terrible things and we're okay with that and we're going to try to say it was not fake mm-hmm. or it was fake and mm-hmm. <laughs> people will go leap and leaps and bounds once you talk about 
white people in general in a non nice way yeah so so in regards to the whole change the name thing if you are new to this (laughs) issue um which happens of course welcome to the issue congratulations welcome to the struggle i should have played that song for y'all um, but basically, I'm going to... So for our native listeners, I am going to actually use the word on air for the purposes of this. So I'm going to be reading a, a bit from the Daily Republican Winona, Minnesota uh, thing, uh, publication. This is dated September 24th, 1863. The state reward for dead Indians has been increased to $200 for every redskin sent to purgatory this sum is more than the is sorry this sum is more than the dead bodies of all the indians east of the red with river are worth this is where the term redskin comes from it comes from skinning people it comes from killing women and children and men and putting bounties on their heads turning it into the u.s government to give them money for skins of people they would flay us like fish, and we would bleed. We were also known as Redskin from then on. So it has a very violent history. It has a very violent memory for us. And that is why we do not like that term. And why it is racist as heck. So, in case you know. If you don't know, now you know. Cousin. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's been going on. Get your Caucasian shirts. I know I got to, I have a bunch of friends now who were not aware of those shirts and I've been showing them other variations as well. And it's been really great. I need to get on it as well. Um, I actually came from Washington, DC. So I was in Washington, DC last week for work and I wore my section 35 shirt that says kill mascots, save the people. And got interesting reactions from white people who, um, from glaring to asking me why I'm wearing that shirt. Really? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the best reaction I got, the best reaction I got was at the Holocaust Museum. So uh-huh. I went to the Holocaust Museum <clears throat> to pay my respects and to, and it, I've seen pictures from inside of it and it looked like a really fascinating exhibit. So I wanted to go check it out. Uh-huh. And um, I was wearing my shirt, <clears throat> and there were two uh, African-American uh, security guards there. So you have to walk through a metal detector. No big deal. I just had my phone on me, so I put my phone in the thing and walked through the metal detector, right? And so one of the guards like, um, excuse me, ma'am, excuse me. And I was like, oh, God, like what? Like, I don't have anything on me, like, uh, you know. And he was like, can you turn around? And I was like, what? what? <laughs> he was like, can you turn around so my friend can see your back? And I was like what? <laughs> I was like still trying to process. I was like, my braid isn't on my back. It wouldn't have set it off. So for those of you who are unaware, I travel a lot for work and my hair, my Indian hair, my ancestry hair is so thick that it sets off the TSA machines. <laughs> so I've had wow. to hold it over my head every single time, like clockwork. It always would. So I have to hold my hair over my head when I go through those little x-ray machines at TSA. Fun fact, if you're Indian, your hair is so thick, it will set that off, I promise you. So I thought my hair did that for a metal detector for some reason. I was all paranoid. And and I realized my hair is on the front. Like, I put it over my shoulder. So I was like, okay, it's not my hair. And he's like, can you just turn around so my friend can see your back? And I was like, oh, oh you want to see my shirt? So I turned around, and the other guard sitting at the, um, at the scanning doohickey started laughing. He's like, oh, my God. Like, it's like that, huh? Really? It's like that? And the other guard was like, yeah, it's like that. And he gave me two thumbs up and a power fist. And I was <laughs> like, yeah. And so I gave him thumbs up right back and some finger guns. And we were good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was that was probably honestly the best reaction I've had to my anti-mascot shirt while in D.C. I always try to kind of make a point to wear my anti-mascot stuff, be it OXDX or Section 35 or um, NDNS, you know, uh, t-shirts uh, last time I was in DC I wore my OXDX Miss Rep shirt and someone actually thought it was an in- a Cleveland Indian shirt and unfortunately they were driving by so they couldn't get my reaction of look at my shirt it means something else but anyways check out those shirts 
uh, OXDX Section 35, the Indians, and DNS. Um, and get your Caucasian shirts. Why not? Who cares? It's all good. Protest the name. So that's it for TP Talk. Hey, uh, Hoka. Hey, uh, thank you, Nick, so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Coming up next on Rose City Native Radio. <clears throat> what we got? What we got? What we got? We're going to do Digging Roots with AK-47. Enjoy. I just figured out the world's problems. People don't make out enough. Produced at KBU Community Radio in Portland, Oregon. You can find more audio online at KBOO.FM. You are listening to KBOO Portland on 90.7 FM, K282. BH Philomath on 104.3 FM and K220HR Hood River on 91.9 FM. If you stop to listen, you can hear their hearts beating loud. Can't keep those California Indians down. Hello, everyone. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves. So it's proposed that this huge gold mine will be right there, right next to our most important lands where all the salmon that migrate from the ocean go to every single year. So the tribes are really hoping to put an end to it. Today on American Indian Airwaves, stopping the proposed